0: Hi, this is Leanne Walters, and I'm your host for Design Ease, the podcast about designing a life that you want. back to the Design Ease podcast. I am your host, Leanne Walters, and it is almost Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. Got up early. My family's sleeping. It's like the one last quiet moment. <sighs> it was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Shit was tossed everywhere. A mess was throughout. Then somehow through a magic of holy shit and how did I come together, Christmas gets pulled off and everyone's all better. <laughs> Let's start your morning off or your day with some foul language. I um, I'm ready. I'm ready for Christmas. I wrapped all my gifts yesterday. You don't have to do it weeks beforehand. You can just do it the day before you need to do it like everything else. I hope you've got all of your odds and ends tied up and you have some time to sit and do nothing. That's really, really what I'm looking forward to is like once all of the dust settles, this is the time of year when I'm actually not expected to answer my phone or have all of the answers for all of my clients to know where everything is. We just get to like stop at this time of year and make a pie. I'm going to bake a pie today. Ooh, I made macarons. Well, Like, why not? We decided to do teacher's gifts this year and we made our own mac- macarons. We did vanilla with an Earl Grafe um, buttercream filling. But I have to say they turned out really good. Learned a few things. You want to let your eggs rest in the fridge to get legs. How fun is that? So you leave them a day. And then apparently that helps. But one of the main things that I learned is don't put two trays of macarons in the oven or you end up with only half of your macarons cooked all the way through. So uh, just enough for the teachers to get a couple. Anyways, it just works out. It just works out that um, it's more fun to give things that you made. And if it's not perfect, I'm going to tell you, my son was so proud to take this little gift to his teacher. He's like, we're not giving him anything else. I thought, no, there's nothing better. This is all you need to give. A homemade, delicious macaron. His teacher's off sick. I hope he he comes into school. They're not going to taste very good in January, Mr. C. So, on that note, I thought we could talk a little bit more about... Trusting the process. Christmas is a time where we stress so much about how it's all gonna come out. And then at the end of the day, it's all fine. I mean, that's really that's what I was just talking about in my really fun Christmas poem that I wrote in 32 seconds there. It all works out. Nobody really notices, and at the end of the day, there's always enough. There's always enough turkey. There's always enough gifts and they're probably going to buy whatever they want with her Amazon gift card. Let's be honest. But if we trust the process and we bring it back, bring it back to our homes, pull it back in gonna bring you back to trusting the process of design. And so I thought, well, what how can we how can we trust the process if you don't know what the process is? So I had a really good opportunity the other day. Uh, I had a listener ask me a question. And her question was about her office because we've been talking about updating our spaces and creating places for ourselves and how important it is to customize a space so it's a place that you want to go to. So this listener took my advice, which hallelujah, somebody's listening. Thank you for listening. She said she really wanted to make her office not just feel like this basement corner. She wanted to uh, make it be a little bit cozier, put a chair in the room, and she really wanted some help on making it personalized. So So the first thing that we did was we assessed what she already had. She had an office in the basement and that was where the room was going to stay. She had a desk. Um, We looked at the options with the desk because it's a big desk and it had like um, a computer razor on top of the desk. So we talked about what, what the desk could be and we talked about what she had or what she had planned. So she had some paint and she said, what is the psychology of purple? Well, friend, I happen to have my little book of color psychology here. And let me tell you, purple is an interesting one. Purple, the reason that I am looking into it and the reason that I don't know much about it is purple is probably not my favorite color. Anyways, so she said, what is the psychology of purple? And so here it is. Purple has the is a combination of power, energy, and strength of red with the integrity and truth of blue. It has the shortest wavelength. Um, so when we were talking about the colors, how the wavelengths and how they absorb light, um, this one has the, is one of the last visible wavelengths in the ROY G BIV. It's the and it's the indigo red, right? And it is the color we link with the spiritual awareness and reflection and it creates connections with higher realm, oh. and vocation for meditation. It is the color for contemplation and the search for higher truth. However, the adverse psychological traits of purple, um, th- it, so if you surround yourself with too much or the wrong tone, and you could become introspective and lose touch with reality. Also, using the wrong, wrong tone can communicate cheap and nasty faster than any other color. That's kind of my concern with purple. It's the cheap and nasty part. Like I can envision old bedrooms with paint, like the thick painted in the corners. Okay. The first house that we ever bought, this is where it's coming from. It had a purple Barney wall. So I had to assess what she was looking for and research the psychology of purple and come up with a plan to find more pros and ways to use a color in a way that made it look richer. Because just because I don't like purple doesn't mean that that's a story that matters to anybody else. Just because I've had bad experiences with purple doesn't mean that you can't make purple look beautiful. So all we have done here is we assessed what we're what we were looking at. We've come up with the psychology of it. We're looking into, I I literally type into my phone, offices, purple, into Pinterest. And then I go through all of the pictures. I assess all of our options when it comes to what we're going to use. Because this paint is purchased. This isn't a what color do you think I should use kind of conversation. This is a, how can I use this paint to make my office look pretty? And it's a really pretty color of purple that she has. It's just purple is a bit of a touchy color, although it's spiritual and it's beautiful. A giant purple room is just going to look like a grape and it's going to date itself very quickly. And you're going to feel it's really closed in and dark. So that's not what we're going to do. So we assessed what we had. We looked at what things that she wanted to bring into the room. She was going to turn her desk so that we can look out. We're going to change our view, our perception of our reality. So we're taking her desk from the corner and we're going to turn it. So she's actually looking out the door. So one of the things when you're doing that, and the when you're coming through a room, the back wall is your anchor wall. So one of my first thoughts was, Hey, let's paint that back wall purple, right? Right, that would be like the obvious option. But again, purple in a big wall is not really the best situation, and also a really strong statement single wall really needs to be tied in in other ways. Otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. So what I actually thought, because we also have some trim work and a lot of things, is we're going to use a complementary color. We're gonna bring in a hint of violet, which is like a gray-based purple. And we're going to use that as a neutral to offset the heaviness of the purple. It's, It's like gray richens purple. It makes it look more grown up and a little bit less. I think it makes it look a little bit deeper and more historical. And so I think it looks less cheap. That's what I'm going for. So we're going to use the hint of violet on the back wall of the whole office. And then on the return wall, we're going to use two tones. We're going to bring that purple color around on the bottom with my sheet of paper on this. oh, Here we are. Half wall of purple on the side walls. That's going to kind of envelope the room. And around her closet, we're going to put that half wall and then we're going to color block some purple up behind her door. And then on the wall to the side of her desk, we're going to use the purple and the lighter color and make a pattern on the walls. Kind of bring the whole thing together, but we're going to soften it with the gray color. So how, how, right? You're thinking, okay, that's really great, Leanne. How did you figure this out? So we didn't want to paint the whole room purple. We have a purple color. So I looked at the office and I wanted to create balance and I wanted to create something for the end user, the person using the office, this person who asked me the question, the client, I wanted her to have something to look at. So when you close your front your door to your office, that's a really great place to put a strong color but if you just paint the back of your office door then it's in it spends most of its time open then we're not going to see a lot of that color so the solution to this is to bring the color up and use it as a color blocking so instead of just painting the door we're going to take that purple color the really strong color we're going to paint the whole back of the door and we're going to carry that color all the way up to the ceiling and we're going to widen out the door we're going to paint the door frame casing too so now you have this strip of purple that when you open up your door, you still see purple looking out. That also gives you the opportunity to hang a little something over the door. If you're wanting to put something there that makes you remember to do something or a message to yourself, it kind of gives it a little bit of light It gives it a focal point but I think it's really nice to make the door a color and if your door is always open this color blocking technique this drenching the color down literally it looks like you dumped a bucket of paint and it roars down to the floor so when you're looking out you still see that color because too many people forget about their own view and they're worried about the view behind them the zoom meeting so now that we have this little stripe of color down the wall I didn't want it just to stay there But again, I didn't want the strength of color to be behind the desk because we've got so much trim and wordworking going there. So I wanted to carry the color around the room. So I think the nicest and easiest way to do it and where you're going to see the most of this paint color is to the left of the desk because it's an L-shaped desk, the desk that goes against the wall. There's no point in painting that half of the wall, the like lower section, right? You're not going to see it. There's going to be a desk against it. So the open section, the area where we're going to walk around the desk, we're going to paint half of those walls, that purple color. We're going to bring it all the way. If you're going through a closet or any door casing, it looks the best if you drench this color and it just it's just like a band. So that band of purple is gonna be about the height of your desk, which is about 30 inches or three feet. You're gonna run that all the way back to the back wall, but the back wall we're gonna leave alone. We're gonna just paint the back wall this calming hint of violet. So the top of the half wall is hint of violet And the back wall is hint of violet. The reason we don't want a heavier paint is it's also a basement, right? We just don't want to feel closed in. You don't want it to feel like the 1980s or the 90s when you walked into all of these creepy old bungalow basements and they were all these different colors. We're not going for that. So no painting the whole room purple. We're going to strip of purple, a little band of purple, stopping it from being cheap. How did I match my gray paint? I took the color. And then I went into the paint fan into the same colors and I went up to the top. So you want a color that is actually a very, very, very light purple, but it needs to have the same undertone and it should look gray against your purple. We don't want like a lilac and purple wall. So when they read like the top shouldn't read that lighter pink, it should read gray. Otherwise, it's going to look like an English garden instead of like a cool edgy, office for a grown-up. Also on this two-toned wall, we're gonna hang a really big painting of an elephant. I envision like the Thai elephant with lots of colors. You can find really beautiful scarves. There's a whole story behind the elephant. It's a noom sort of story where you feed. The elephant is like your creative side and if you don't feed it, you um I think the story she told me, but she hasn't sent me the article to read yet. But I think the idea is, is like food supplements the not feeding our creative side, which is kind of something that we've been talking about here. If we aren't filling our cup, if we aren't creating these spaces and these moments, then we supplement with other things like negative thoughts or or filling up our hearts with food, right? So this elephant is going to be a reminder to this lady to be creative and to make time for herself and to give back to herself and fill up her own elephant because we got to give to ourselves before we go out and give to others. So once that's done, um, we got to the back wall. The whole back wall, we're going to do Hint of Violet. It is my preference that you color drench. So if you have a cabinet there, we're going to paint it all the same color. The trim in in colorful rooms, trim makes it very busy. So that whole back wall is going to be your lighter color. Then when your couch is sitting against it, you can add some colorful pillows or some pattern to the wall. We even talked about decorating up the panel and you could make it into a place where you made it into a memory board. That could actually be a moment of a print or something and then the wall that is returning beside her desk she has a giant whiteboard on it hold on one second and because of this like whiteboards are very white so we're gonna keep the whole wall behind the whiteboard the same color we're not gonna make it gray we don't want to point out that this wall is white or isn't anyways you don't want to see the whiteboard so around the whiteboard we're gonna take that same purple color and we're gonna add um, a pattern. So I just envision you doing lines one side and then the other side to kind of make a chevron pattern, um, or V's, small V's. And you just, it's just, you can hand paint it. And you can paint it around the board. You don't need to take it down or you can take it down and mark it it will actually look better if you take it down and then your pattern can continue. Um, or you can actually take a toilet paper roll. I've seen this done and you fold it in half and then you make a V out of it and then you dip that and then you make the same shape instead of if you don't want to hand do it. But anyway, some sort of pattern, you can even do polka dots on that wall just to carry that color and keep it white. And, um, I moved that. So that was the plan. If you guys have any questions about what you want to do with your own spaces, you can give me a call. Oh, no, don't give me a call. (laughs) It's been a long year. You can email me, hello, at leannewalters.com. So belief, belief in your worthiness of this project is going to be the biggest predictor in it being coming to completion. You know, Um, being, being creative versus reactive. That's another little trick that I heard. If you take the word reactive and you move the C, it comes into the, it changes to the word creative. So if anytime you notice yourself reacting to things, you want to get creative and solve the problem. Um so that's what we're doing with her office. We're getting creative. Instead of reacting to the fact we don't have any spaces or anything for ourselves, we're going to get creative. We're going to assess what you have. And when you're doing this assessment, it's really important you listen to the mindset because if you're starting with like everything I have is shit, Sorry, I've been swearing a lot on this episode. If you're starting with not liking everything that you have, then you want to go back to the last episode that I talked about how we can change the way we feel about things by changing our mindset on things. So we're going to assess what we have. We've got lots of good stuff. And we're going to make a note of that. And then we're going to find our why. Why are you doing this? It's really important to keep that in mind. Because if you're doing it to create more light... We're going to direct all of our intentions towards lighting and windows. If you're doing this to create a space that feels like you, it's important to remember that when taking feedback from others. And then we're going to envision and plan and expand. And the last thing that I like to do is find proof. And that's where I went on the internet and I did the research. So we're going to assess, find our why and envision. So A is the acronym. Okay. That's how you're going to have success. Before you even get started, find all of the proof. And remember, belief in your worthiness, belief in the outcome, belief in it looking good, belief in making the right decision, belief in it is probably the number one indicator The more you believe in it, the more it will look like you believe in it, the more people will love what you've done, and the more effort you put into it, um, it shows. Well, that was fun, and uh, it's been really fun doing this here with you guys today, and um, I think I lost something along the way, I don't know where my outro music is, but I hope that, uh, I hope everybody gets together with their family and has an amazing Christmas and I will be back next week and, uh, we'll do some, um, maybe 2024 trends of, uh, of coming up for the new year. I hope. I hope you keep well. Merry Christmas, my loves. Um, I don't know if you're going to hear this before Christmas because everybody's probably so busy today. And uh, wrap away. I hope Santa brings you in his sleigh what you're looking for. I hope you sleigh over the holidays and I love you and thank you for coming. Okay, keep well.